Welcome back to another episode of the Challenge Insiders here on Reality Pop. We are back and we've got the lovely Chantal Francis here with us again this week. <laughs> Chantal, I wish I had some hot sauce here with a, a plate for you to sign on and say, are you now with the Challenge Insiders here for the rest of the season? I mean, I should us on it. And I actually have that hot sauce. I should have brought it out. And it's a full one. It's a brand new one. I have that nice sriracha that I do put on everything. So I do feel like if we'd sign something in sriracha, it should be truce. Absolutely. <laughs> We're definitely uh, together. A hundred percent. I was impressed by um, Emmy's, you know, signature that she did with that hot sauce. I couldn't, like, I mean, my signature looks bad enough if I do it on a normal piece of paper, you know, and she did a really good job there with the hot sauce. Uh, Drew, welcome back to the show as well. Obviously, me and you had a great conversation about the previous episode and our previous recap, and we kind of called a lot of the things here that uh, kind of played out with the first half of the episode. Um, how was it for you watching everything unfold over the last week on uh, this episode? episode i felt like a wizard like i was <laughs> prophesying over the whole thing i was like i knew what all of this was going to happen but then again i remember that the challenge isn't very subtle and they just kept on laying it on thick every single moment being like can you guess what's gonna happen i bet you can guess what's gonna happen can you guess can you i bet you can't okay you did you, did. you guessed it with the title being uncle ct you're like okay well i i definitely yeah. know what's going to be happening in this episode 100 <laughs> percent Love by you has to come in here and shock us with the first comment of the day saying hello all of you guys I'm here to be team Fessy and then a bunch of side faces saying sorry in the live chat and I guess we'll you know get into it right from the start but before we do actually get into it um you know on reality pop it's been really exciting we recently hit our thousand subscribers which is such a cool um goal and achievement for all of us here working on reality pop um because of that now we've also just you would have noticed started um, a membership here on reality pop so that's now available right next to the subscribe button where you can join the membership uh there's two tier levels the first tier level uh you get some uh, specific uh emojis that you can use when you're chatting in there you're going to get exit interviews for um, all of the interviews that we do. And just surprise, surprise, there will be some challenges that we've lined up to do interviews with after this season. Um, but you will get um, exclusive before everybody else see it access to some of these interviews. Uh, if you do join the club, there's a bunch of whole other extra things that's going to happen. And you also start getting shout outs as well. Um, we only started the memberships about a day ago and we've already got our very first member um, who did a tier yeah, two yeah. membership. And I do just want to give them a shout out so barry dean is our very first uh member of the reality pop um channel we say thank you for that we really appreciate it and we're going to continue to do really cool things now at a tier two level like what barry dean has uh he's actually going to be able to sit in at least one exit interview um at one point with a potential previous survivor player or challenge player um in the background as we are interviewing this person and we'll get to meet them at the end of that and maybe ask that person a question or two directly as well at the end of it so that's some of the extra sort of things that we're going to be doing here for people who do end up joining and becoming a member with us but obviously there's no pressure you can always watch us for free you can always just subscribe we appreciate you just being here but those are for the people that do want to just support us that little bit extra and continue to help grow the channel um, we do want to show some love and share some love with them as well as we grow this channel um, so enough of the promotional stuff straight into the episode here we start off with Kind of where we left off here, Drew, you know, Fessy and Joss got into a massive fight, um, you know, and 
Fessy open-handedly pushed Josh in the face. And you and me, Drew, we came on this podcast really high on Josh, both of us, last episode, saying, man, he's matured so much. He's really controlling his emotions. The guy's in it to win it this time. Throw all that out of the window. <laughs> you know, Josh is back. The Josh we all know and some people love is back. And he jumps on the couch and he just loses his mind. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I think I lost it when he threw the glass when yelling at Amanda. I was like, that's way too far. You don't need to be breaking glass. Uh, yeah, it went it went so far in the opposite direction. It was it was rather sad to see because it was it was a short lived arc. It was a short lived fandom here for the Josh team no, here, totally at least on my end. You. Yeah, like I had the same thing. I was like, oh, my God, do I actually like Josh this season? Am I like, what is happening here? And then he's like. No, no, no. You gotta hate me. Of course you gotta hate me. And I'm gonna do something completely ridiculous. And I thought that he he was gonna be also kicked off the show because like he was a big part of that fight and there was like violent elements to his mm -hmm. participation that was amping up that energy. And I don't think that, you know, the chin grab from Fessy was as bad as drop breaking the glass. And I did hear that Fessy did get like cut on his chin i believe from wow. like the glass with, with with josh or something like that so i don't know i was surprised that he they didn't both get to be kicked off for me personally i was not surprised josh wasn't kicked off and you know i i, I still haven't completely soured on Josh this season like i understand like for me this is just on brand this is just on brand he's gonna lose his head he's gonna shout at everyone and um, i mean amanda tries to help him there at one point saying hey focus on the people who actually started this whole thing he completely ignores her and even tries to make an enemy out of amanda here saying it's his real life friends um but how i knew that josh probably wasn't going to get kicked off the show i kind of mentioned it to drew last episode as well but you know if you think back about a season ago when he pushed and shoved um Devin Love into it. that couch in the previous season there was so much more intent and force behind that push than anything that happened here so uh for me in that sense I get it with the breaking of the glass people can get hurt and things like that um that probably was probably probably borderline uh, but I did find it really funny here guys that the person that sort of you know um, scolds them about it and says hey you know you can't do physical violence and all that was uh, Nelson after you know we all know Nelson's been kicked off the show before for doing something uh, very similar but you know he's taking the high road in this uh, season well he definitely knows like what could happen when you do stupid things like this so he's kind of speaking from experience here I mean like not a good move i know so I, I understood why he was saying it yeah the one thing that got me was in the aftermath show they were talking a lot and amanda was like really pushing this narrative that they were like she was like oh well i didn't know fessy was gonna get taken out of the game i didn't think that he was going to get taken out. if anything i thought josh was gonna get taken out of the game and i'm sure she's referencing the glass being uh chucked or broken and hitting him but it's like how why would you think that? Like, why would you? I just don't understand why you would think that Fessy wouldn't get let go for doing something like that. Yes, it, people are calling it soft. People are calling it a weak for sending him over that. But that's the precedence that the challenge has set since Dirty 30. And they're going to keep it that way. So I, I just didn't understand that whole like dying on that petty hill because it's just not yeah, that's living in denial. Well, and also, though, like, if you go back to the duel, that terrible punch that Tina gave to Beth, like, it didn't really even connect, but she was still kicked off the show. So, I mean, I think it's like maybe that action, uh, you know, it, it's 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 mm -hmm. showing violence. It's showing intent to mm -hmm. potentially hurt. 
the push, maybe the push is not allowed is allowed just because it's like not as violent, I guess. Like I don't I don't know why the push isn't uh gonna be something that gets you kicked off, but like a chin grab is or like a punch is. I think it should yeah, be in the same ballpark. But um yeah, yeah, face area maybe. Is Josh maybe a production favorite and they just don't want to remove him if they don't have to and there's a, a slightly different set of rules there for him? It does seem like production really, really loves Josh and what he brings to the table. Um, he's been around for a few seasons now. I don't know. I'm sort of spitballing here. Um, but one of the other things that I found really, really interesting was through all of this chaos, you know, um, Amber is moved to the side. She's in tears. You've got Ed around her there. You've got uh, Priscilla. Um, who Priscilla continues to be the narrator throughout this whole episode, um, saying a bunch of nothings, but just sort of letting the, I guess, uh, the audience in on what's happening throughout it. So I still think Priscilla's edit for me this season is very interesting, but I don't want to repeat what I said every single episode. I think <laughs> she's going deep. I think there's a reason they're showing us her as often as they as they do, even though she's not really directly involved in what's going on at the moment. Um, but the more interesting part for me here is Amber being in tears, um, having Ed there, having uh, Priscilla there sort of c c um, comforting her. And then uh, Berna really, really just does not like Amber. And there's a continued um, story that's being told here. And for me, um, you know, I understand it. Like, I mean, me and Drew came up here passionately last week and we were like, you know, we just don't get the Amber hate. Like Amber is such a, maybe she is just too much of a, a normal person. She's already achieved a lot. A lot of people are jealous, but I do think I'm starting to see a trend here now of people saying that she comes across as a victim. She wants the attention of people sort of com com um, comforting her after events and things like that. And that is annoying some of the other girls that don't like the attention that she is getting from these types of situations. Do we think Chantel, that is where the animosity is coming from uh because there is vets and rookies that feel this way towards amber now it's not just one-sided i mean i'm trying to figure it out i personally like i'm not really with you guys when i was listening i was like yeah like i find amber to be really annoying and i'm kind of i'm done with her it's like for me like i get i get it like she's pissed off with a guy like he lied to her even though she was like you know on this side he she wasn't planning on coming for him she he lied didn't tell her that she's going down yeah i'd be pissed for sure like i wouldn't be letting them off the hook but what more do you want from it amber like what are you going to do about it like he, he's an asshole okay like we just have to like let it go the fact that she keeps on trying to get something from him that she's never going to get from him because he's not that type of person that's going to give her whatever she th she appears to need and so hmm. i think the fact that she just doesn't let it go um is what is annoying for me anyways with the women in the house it could be because she was a rookie she went in and she kind of had a perfect storm of everything aligning for her to get to the end and is able to win like she is physically capable of winning but strategically she's not really physically cap or capable of getting to the end and so she really got really i think lucky with how things ended up with her being able to get that hall brawl against somebody that's tiny big t and is able to take a partner like ct at the very the ninth 11th hour and go to the end and win and so I think that they might be a little bit jealous of that, about the fact that she has won half a million dollars. But I think that, you know, she doesn't necessarily recognize her faults in some of these situations. Like, she definitely, you know, did did wrong to the other rookies her first season. She wasn't, like, the best ally to them. And she's pretending, like, you know, she is. She was, and she wasn't. She didn't really stand up for the rookies there. And so I think that they just kind of feel like she's fake in the sense it's like she's not taking any responsibility for her own part in any wrongdoings that she's ever done 
and they just don't like her. It's just weird that it's everybody, mainly the women that are getting confessionals. Mm. It's not like any of the other guys. It's not like they're coming on being rolling their eyes at uh, at her or talking a bad bad about her. It's mainly the women, and it's just it's just odd that it's everybody. It's not like they can't just they just can't let it go to the fact of like I don't like this person. Like I'm sure Tori doesn't like Big T for what happened last season, but we don't see her every single episode talking about Big T. Like Big T just walked into the room and I hate her. I can't I can't stand this woman coming into the room when I'm trying to exist here. I mean, everybody just seems to like whenever Amber's just walking around, they're just like I mean, Berna and Esther are sitting in the back of the club just talking about her. Like, mm. there's nothing else going on. Like, they don't have any other conversations to talk about. They're just staring at her from across the room going like, oh, my gosh, she's dancing. I can't believe this. She's so fake <laughs> dancing to this non-song that's on because we can't have songs while we're talking because of the mics. Like, ugh. It's just so, it's like, come on. All right, we got enough of this. Like, unless you're going to really delve into more of why – Everybody dislikes her. I don't want to hear about it 15 times Abs an episode. Absolutely. 100%. And so, like, I think that it must have a certain, like, she must be bringing it up more times than they're actually showing us. Like, because mm -hmm. that's the only thing that really makes sense as to why they could be so put off. These new people that have only met her in this scenario, who I doubt watched even last season. So I yeah. bet she, she must be bringing <laughs> it up. And that's the only thing that she maybe is connecting with people about or is trying to get people on her side about, or wants people to get sympathy from, like she must be bringing it up more than they're showing us for them to be so annoyed with her by it. But like, they're, they're putting it up enough for me to be annoyed by it. So like, <laughs> if it's any more than that, like I get it. Um, I was also kind of um, paralleling it to Cara Maria because there's a certain similarity with Cara Maria. She's super athletic. She's good at, at the challenge. But in the beginning, she was pretty much bullied and and not people not liking her. And like it was hard to understand like why, what she was doing. And I feel like they have a similar something. I haven't I haven't put my finger exactly on it yet, but there's some parallels mm -hmm. I find between the two of them. So Sam, so you bring up another champ there in Cara Maria, but um, you know, do you guys think there is a gender bias with female champs like Ashley and Amber and Cara Maria, for instance? Um, I think that there is a champion championship bias for anyone that has gone out there and have won the show before. Um, they will have some form of a target on them. Last season, it was a lot of champions being targeted quite early on because they've won the show before. It's actually quite funny that CT ended up getting to the end, which we'll definitely get into CT because I've got a lot to unpack on <laughs> CT this episode. I don't know if we've got the time here, but we'll definitely put the time aside to talk about what happened with CT. But I don't want to move away from Berna as of yet because I agree with Rodrigo uh, here. Yeah. Berna needs to calm the hell down because to me, um, I hear what you're saying in regards to Amber. I and, and I love the fact that we're all fans. We all have different opinions about who we like, who we don't like, who we gravitate towards, who we don't gravitate towards. And that is okay. It is okay to have different opinions. I know it's shocking in today's day and age because everybody <laughs> believes we need to all think the same way. No, yeah. like I understand it. And it's really cool that everybody gravitate towards different people. Um, I think that with Amber, yes, she didn't stay loyal to the rookies that season. But I think her whole thing this season was... I stayed loyal to the Big Brother Alliance and they backstabbed me. She didn't come in here saying, hey, I stayed loyal to the rookies. I wanted to work with the rookies till the end. It was more about like 
how she feels heard and betrayed is the fact that Fessy is the one who did this to her. Fessy was the one who, who ch chatted behind her back the previous time um, as well in the previous season. And she felt hurt by that because she did try and look out for them as long as she could within that season until they backstabbed her. I think one of the things she does struggle with is letting go. And sadly, in this game, you need to be able to let things go Get because it. everybody everybody has been betrayed by someone. You know, I mean, you've got uh, people like CT and Kyle work working together again this season when they had to like go at each other and betray each other in the previous season. That is the, the, the sign of a good veteran challenge person. You understand that you're going to get betrayed. I mean, you, you need to move on. If you can get Wes and bananas to work together after years and years of betrayal, that is a great example of putting things aside and making sure that your game um, is in the front end here. But I guess with the Fessy thing, that was quite fresh. It just happened. Um, she, I, I kind of said to Drew, she kind of helped that in, probably didn't confront him at the right time. And then just, as this happened with the pizza, that became the catalyst for everything. But I do want to move on from Amber because I do agree. We probably hear too much of this. I want to talk about Berna because Berna, to me, this episode, um, I'm starting to get lower and lower on her. She, she, to me, and I don't know if I'm the only one that sort of feels this way. She comes across as that really catty female that just looks at others and you know she's also got a chip on her shoulder at this point you know talking about the fact that how dare emmy you know steal ct from her she emmy promised her she wouldn't do that she told emmy that she's not an alien you're okay you're in with me i understand you kind of thing but i'm starting to feel like bernard her thing is to talk bad about other people consistently within the show and i don't know what she's brought to the table as of yet i, I i'm really 50 50 on her at the moment um but that look she gave emmy at the end of looks good kill you know, that was the look when, when well, Amy took her CT away from her. I have to say that I think that Berna is a lot more like Amber than she would probably want to mm. say out loud. Because I, I, I mean, I'm just like, I'm holding back saying that fully with my full chest yet. But I want to see how she reacts moving forward from this semen betrayal that Emmy has had right now. Because the amount of anger that she seemed to be having at the end, that look that she gave, that she's not going to rest until she takes down Emmy, all that stuff. Like, is she going to be talking about it to every single person? Talk about how, like, I'm a good person. Like, why would she do that to me? I would never do that to her. Like, kind of the same narrative that Amber has been playing over and over again. So I'm just wondering if she's going to become a little bit more like Amber for the fact that she's been burned now. And then maybe why she's so irritated by Amber is that because all those, like the way that she's acting is very close to her. So that's my thought about Berna. I was taken back by Berna saying how hurt she was about Emmy taking uh, CT away from her because not long into when Emmy was sent into the elimination and Mr. TJ asked her about something and she goes on this big speech about her grandmother. We see Berna like giving her a huge eye roll uh, mm. during that speech. And then she's, I loved Emmy's like clap back to her when, when Berna was going off and she's like, well, who are you? Who are you? Who are you rooting for? Oh, that was, <laughs> that's right. I don't know you nothing, but let's go. I, it was awesome. But yeah, I was just like, I was shocked by Berna because she didn't even like going back to the, the room talk when she was like, hey, don't pick Uncle CT or something. She said, I hope you don't pick Uncle CT. And the, the extent of the conversation was Emmy saying, no, never. We're friends. They hug and then they leave. It was like a three minute conversation. There was no there was nothing passed back and forth. There's no promise. So, I mean, Emmy's doing the best for her game. And Berna, you saw what happened to Michaela in episode one. 
when she tried to help Emmy and Emmy threw her under the bus. What do you expect? Kind of thing. So <laughs> I'm just tired of people calling everybody fake for just doing stuff in the game. Like people can instigate. People don't need to apologize to instigate about pizza. And people don't need to apologize for taking partners that they really want to be partnered up with. So Love by You here says that I like Berna. She's actually very supportive on social media. She believes that, <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> that it's an edit. And also here, Lily. Hello from Holland. Hi, Lily. Welcome to the stream. Uh, she says that she also likes Berna and she thinks that Berna is just very competitive. And listen, I like, um, I've liked Berna up until this point. I like strong women that come on here that want to compete. Um, Yui at the end saying, hey, Berna is actually one of the strongest females out here. We could potentially go out and win the next daily. I would love nothing more than Yui and Berna to go out there and win the next daily because if they won the next daily. Who's going to go in? I mean, Mind blow. Like, can, can she, if she thinks CT betrayed her here? Like, I mean, CT's played the perfect game up until this point. He always does. He knows how to be mid pack. He knows how to be low key until when it matters. Um, and, and, I've got a theory around that, but you know, he kind of betrayed her a little bit uh, here by going to Emmy and Berna doesn't seem to be a fool. You know, she seems to be onto the fact that something happened here. And I don't think that Emmy is going to be the greatest person to keep secrets in the house as well. I'm very confident that somewhere down the line, Berna's going to find out that um, CT was in on this plan and he knew that Emmy was going to come and take her. But I really want to talk about CT here in this position because CT is seen talking to Tori and he has a conversation where he says that Berna is doing the most at the moment. She mm -hmm. is trying to make some big moves. I've got a feeling that Berna has been talking to CT about taking out veterans and CT feels uncomfortable about the veterans that she's trying to target because he wants to work with those people or he doesn't want to put a target on his uh, back this early. Probably CT is thinking, I don't need to win a lot of dailies now that it's getting close to the vets uh, having to take each other out. And it seems like strategically they're not aligned. And that is the reason that he's trying to move away because CT plays that under the cover mid-pack game most seasons when he plays because he has to, if he makes too big of a, a fuzz, he gets taken out here in an early spot. What do you guys think is the main reason here for um, these two people that should be in all reality? They should be a strong pair working together here. Why do you think things are going wrong for them at this point? Well, I think it's really clear in the episode when she goes up to Casey and starts talking about Amber, about wanting to throw Amber in. And I don't think that she really talked to CT about making that decision. And so I think she's been doing things on her own without consulting CT, without him really being able to be like, no, I don't think that's good for our game. I don't think that's good for, you know, your game. Like, I don't, she's not consulting him. And I think that that's what he, he doesn't like about this partnership. Um, he seems to like people, partners that will listen to everything that he says. He loves Big T because Big T listened to him. Like they won it together. Like he, she, you know, practiced with him. Like she listened to his tutorage. So he, he was able to work with her. And I think Berna just does her own thing and is not considering their partnership. And so I don't think that he can work with that. I, I want to be upfront and say that I still like Berna. I do think it is the edit. Just how we have had many years of Josh or many seasons of Josh. And then all of a sudden the edit was yeah. turning Favorable. him into a hero. And then we were like, <laughs> Oh my gosh. And all of a sudden he went right back to it. And we're like, Oh no, I do like Berna. I do think it's an edit. I have had the chance to have interviewed and spoken to Berna. Uh, oh, nice. before. And, and so she's super nice. I, I love 
her and her personality so much. So I do believe it is the edit. But just like we were talking about Amber, there's things that you need to let go and kind of just like dismiss and maybe keep it in the back of your mind for later on when you need to use uh, some information or something to that. Uh, but I also think that there is a point where maybe they're not gelling or not connecting as much as they could be in the game. Like maybe Emmy has found her way into CT's room, hanging out with Devin, hanging out with Kyle, hanging out with Tori. And now we got to that point where, okay, let's get into an alliance together. It seems she's mainly hanging out with Nelson. A lot of hanging out with Nelson and his group of friends are on the other side of the house. And when talking to Berna, she did talk about how she wasn't like she never really talked to Devin. And we know from what happened last season, Devin and CT were like this and they were working very closely with each other. So if you're not talking to your partner's friends or hanging out enough, maybe you're maybe they're not feeling the bond or connection as well as they're progressing through the game. And yeah, and I agree. Emmy's just going to eat anything up that CT says. So he's just like, yeah, cool. She's malleable. She's flexible. She'll listen to everything. And uh, sh I think she can like really keep her head down if I tell her to like lay low don't do anything kind of thing yeah love by you stop being in my head you know i agree with everything that you're saying in the chat here but um you know i think you know i'm hoping that you know you've spoken to Berna. she's not giving me and chantelle that same death stare that she gave emmy at the end when we did to like criticize her, her. I, don't, I don't even hate her i just think she's like pretty similar to to Amber. don't come for I'm us like i'm just like hey man i don't know it might be the pot calling the kettle black here i will say that did did Berna talk to Esther about wanting to throw Amber in against her? Like, I would not. That, no. I would not want to go up against Amber in any kind of situation. I mean, she's 3-0 and in eliminations. You're Esther going into your first ever elimination. You don't know what it could be. I don't know if she talked to Esther and Esther's like, yeah, I want to go up against Amber. It's like, I'm, I'm sure you would want your friend to take out who she's been beefing with. But I would not be i'd be like throw in bettina throw in somebody that my friend yeah. can come back and win against not throw in amber yeah go ahead and, do that. and say and say what you want to say about amber having beaten people that are not at her level in the previous seasons when she went down there she, once again i'm just going to put it out there she has played rugby she understands the technique of going into contact yes she wasn't challenged that much in that season i would still put my money on a champion i would still put my money on someone that's got experience going into this whole brawl that have done it before i think as soon as the um uh, what they call them the agency saw that it was a whole brawl coming into this lair they immediately knew because i mean casey had for a, a little bit there they had this I guess, back and forth deliberation between herself and Emmanuel in regards to who was going to be the person that's going to go down there and face Esther. And it sounded like Casey still wanted to put Amber down there. And she was in agreement with Bernard when she had that conversation. It sounded like it was a real possibility. But I think that as soon as they saw that it's a whole brawl, they were like, there's just no way we're putting Amber in there. Amber's coming back. I would have backed her to come back there as well. Um, this whole brawl, though, was quite different compared to some of the whole brawls we've seen in the past. They always try and innovate and bring something new into the challenges uh the you know the arena or the lair whatever they do down there they always try and innovate it a little bit did you guys were you high on the the modification that they did to this whole brawl or not so much for me personally i felt like it fell flat and i don't know if it's because of um the two girls that were in there yes it was a bit of a battle but i kind of felt like it was lopsided um, emmy was always going to go when going in there i felt like it played into her strengths um but also i just didn't like the whole um 
um, bell being inside of the actual hall brawl and they had to climb up the net. I feel like it makes for better viewing when they have to run out of it and hit the bell at the end of it. For me, that is just more exciting and fun to watch in general. Uh, how did you guys feel about this? Yeah, I'm the same. I was just kind of like, oh, so they just kind of had to like drag themselves to the end and just like jump up. <laughs> like it mm. didn't seem <clears throat> as like as, you know, oh my God, who's going to get it when they're super close and they're running and they, you know, they end up diving for it and they miss it. Like, I think we saw maybe it was Zach did that once where he like missed it when he dived or off, I can't remember exactly, but it just would have been more interesting if, even if they had to climb, if they had to climb still at the end, like run all the way through and climb a little bit of a fence and ring the bell. Like, I think it would have been better if, and then having it within the actual hall. They lost me when they had ropes on the ground. Like, what was that? Oh, I, I didn't know. understand there was just ropes on the ground, I guess, to trip you up if you ran too hard. I the the most okay. So this when I recorded it to replay it on my re review and recap, this uh, this elimination minus all the commercials was four minutes. It took four minutes. That was it. That was all that we had. They were cutting back and forth, back and forth. Meaning, I think that this was super quick on both rounds. The most exciting thing for me to watch is watching the GoPros when the women hit each other fly off their helmets twice. <laughs> I'm it made me laugh thinking that in between round one and round two, they had to like super glue them back on <laughs> and they had to take a long time and then they put them back on and then they instantly fell off again. Like it was just, it was really bad. And, and another thing for me that's always funny watching these um, hall brawls, they always start them off with the visors, the motorbike helmets, and then by the second round, the visors are always ripped off because it steams up so much inside that they can't actually see what they're doing when they're out there in the hall brawl. So yeah. um just remove it next time, guys. Like you see the same thing happening every single season. Remove it from the start. Um, I guess th it's there to protect your eyes so you don't get a finger in the eyes or something like that. But it doesn't seem to work that well. But sadly, you know, this would have been the perfect opportunity to see a couple of, of really, really big competitors go down there and go in a whole brawl against each other. But I don't feel like these two people were at that level. But I do want to put a little bit of respect on Emmy's name, though, and saying that I kind of have to correct myself, even in my train of thought as I'm going through it. She's now won, what, three um, eliminations down there? So she's two? It's two. Okay. So she's starting to get that momentum. She's starting to to get used to going down there. She is a battler. Her coming out there shouting, I did it for Romania. I did it for my dad and all of that. She gives me real Spartan, badass, gladiator vibes at the moment when she's going down there. And she's got a lot of heart. I do agree with um, what a few people have been saying in the live chat in regards to why CT is taking um, Emmy instead of Berna. I think Berna is a strong individual thinker and has a mind of her own in regards to how she wants the game to play out, where I do think mm -hmm. Emmy um, does come across like Berna. This is the end. She's probably being manipulated by some people here to do this and take, I don't think she is. I think it's a, it makes a hundred percent sense for her to, to take CT. Um, she's got a good relationship with CT. Why not um, group up with a champion, someone that's done it so many times and that you've got a good relationship with. But I do agree in the sense that she probably is more likely to be manipulated by someone like a CT because she has, CT's got that uncle CT aura uh, around him uh, that Emmy just loves. And I think she would do anything for him. I think it's an easier partnership for CT to get what he wants moving forward. And we've said this here before, CT does not work well with people that are as strong 
um, headed as himself. Like, you know, if you look at uh, Killer Cam and CT and that partnership in the previous season, it was a great example of two very capable people that were butting heads when it came to certain parts in the game and it just didn't gel well. CT, I feel like he needs to be the driver in the partnership that he's in. And maybe he felt like he just wasn't the driver in that partnership. But exciting, for, uh, I guess, uh, elimination in the sense that Emmy comes away from this winning once again. How are you guys feeling about Emmy? Emmy, in my opinion, I am warming up to her more and more as the show continues on. I feel like I understand her better now. I understand there's still some tendencies that is a little bit childlike in some cases, but I feel like I've got a better grasp of who she is. Like there was a couple of episodes ago where I wasn't as high on her. I, I mean, I think that she had a really great episode. I think the fact that she calls him Uncle CT, that he's accepting of this. He really, he loves her and like, he wants to have her be his partner. And like, I think that that is really great for her. Cause like, I didn't understand in the first aftermath, why are they so high on Emmy? Like she's so annoying. Like I just didn't get it, but I think that she ends up staying for a while and she has this big redemption. You know, she came to as someone that's like, kind of annoying. And then she's had like a little bit in the beginning of her arc with her singing her song and she was the alien. And they were also super supportive of this song of hers. And then she goes down and she really like, she was so passionate with her win when she's like screaming and like I was waiting for that that scene because we saw it in like the previews before season and you're like I did this for Romania and I'm like oh my god she did like I'm with her <laughs> on that journey I'm so like I hear you Emmy and like I was smiling and I, I'm now I've gone over that hump where everything she does is entertaining for me everything she does I'm endeared by and so I think that it's a great arc for her I think she's going to be lasting with CT for a pretty long while. I know when we get near the end, most people are going to try to take CT to the end. And so she probably will lose him. But I think that she's going to stick around a little bit. And I'm and I'm happy that she's going to. Christina, welcome to the live stream. I don't know if you've been in the live stream before. We love seeing new people pop up here. Uh, Christina says that if it was a math puzzle, then you would have put Amber against Esther. I do agree. Um, I think that Esther, um, and love by you saying, let's pull one out for our African queen. For those that are new to the stream, I'm from South Africa. So I had two horses in the race being from Africa, and both of them are sadly out of the game now. And um, I've loved seeing Esther this season, but I do feel like this challenge just didn't play into Esther's um, sort of strengths. You know, she she seems like she's quite stocky and she would do pretty well in this, but I feel like Esther is more of an academic. She's more of a smart player. She does seem pretty well-rounded. She had a good season here where she uh, did win a couple of dailies with Fessy. Um, I do feel like Emmanuel saying that she was carried by Fessy and that Fessy was the one that really she, he put on her back and he won these challenges. And maybe the edit makes you believe that in some ways a little bit as well. I don't feel that that is true. I feel like she was a very strong partner there and there were certain points where she needed to figure out the puzzle components where Fessy was hanging in the air and she had to run and go do the puzzle parts of it. Uh, I, I think that she um, had a really strong season here. I think the one thing, and, and sadly I'm hearing that she is getting bullied a lot on Instagram. She's actually uh, deactivated her Instagram at this point, uh, which is sad to hear. Uh, who Love by you saying that. So, uh, or she deleted her. I'm hoping it's just deactivated because she had a big following in there. She probably just wanted to get off social media for a little bit um i feel like that's sad and i do think that it comes down to people not liking fessy not liking the fact that she stood up for fessy as strong as she did but like i said here last time like i saw this culturally growing up in south africa that african women really 
really stand by their men. And um, I think that it's a cultural thing where she went on there. Fessy gave her good vibes. Fessy was a great partner to her. She didn't know the past relationship. She's not a fan of the challenge that much. So I don't think she would have seen what the, she wouldn't even have known what the haters around Fessy. And I feel like she's getting a lot of this backlash and potentially also the way she dealt with the Amber situation, I don't think was great. It wasn't a great look on her either. But overall, I do hope she gets an opportunity to come back if she wants to come back um, and, and get to play the game again. I think it could make for some interesting TV. But I just felt like she was unlucky here. She she got the wrong elimination to go down and Holbrook wasn't going to be her thing. Yeah, I watched your video, Drew, where you're talking about um, um, how the season has been, the ratings have been going down. And I think that it's a really, you had a really good point with the fact that that we're not bringing back, you know, these new challenges that we're trying to get to know for next season. Mm. So I really would love for them to bring her back. She was on six episodes. Yes, she she didn't make it. She only made it a third of the way through. But I do think she was impactful. I mean, I don't like the fact that she threw the drink in the, in the face, but she did. She was part of the drama. She was winning stuff. She had some, she was doing it for Africa. Like she had a lot of things as storylines that we can get behind again if we gave her another chance. So I'm hoping that they'll watch your video, Drew, and they'll be like, you know what? <laughs> He's right. We're gonna bring back some of these rookies from this season and bring them back next season so we can start liking them and the ratings can go up. And really, this is something that's that's it's unfortunate because you can't see into the future because if Fessy doesn't push Josh in the face and get disqualified. She's staying there for a while. Like yeah. her and Fessy are winning. Her and Fessy make a great duo. They probably weren't going to be sent into the elimination. If anything, Esther may have made it far into the season and then been thrown in. I just don't, it's just a blink of an eye, a mistake made by her partner left her alone. And then because she was alone, they knew it was going to be a women's elimination and they just had to jump on it because it was like, well, if she wants to be a, and you could just tell the look of defeat on her face in deliberation mm. where she was just like, I didn't want to go into elimination. I didn't think that this was a possibility. And, and, and I don't mean like defeat, like she wasn't going to go in there and try, but it just, you could just tell, like, she was like, I, I have to go in. Like I have to, I have to, because if I don't go in, I'm going to be partnered up with another rookie and there's just no way. Like then I'm going to be the house vote next week and I'm just delaying the inevitable. So it's kind of like it's being reluctant to the, like, just a bad hand, a bad thing to be dealt to. Fessy's a bad hand, I know. He's <laughs> <laughs> the worst. I think we'll agree with uh, Rodrigo here in the live saying that Rivals 4, please. I feel like we've had so many rivalries over the last four, five, six seasons even that you could easily fill up a cast and enough people would be interested to come back and watch that because you'll actually have returning players coming back. I agree with Drew. Drew said it a few times here on the podcast that we just don't invest in people i mean to me it's an absolute slap in the face of these players when you don't bring champions back in the first place i know i sound like a broken record but you know <laughs> jenny West winning not coming back you know amber not being a, a shoe-in for the season and then other new players now coming in that just don't get that time to come back and it also makes it harder for some of these other new players like big t coming in not being in the u.s not getting other uk newbies fresh fresh meat coming back with her people that she can build an alliance with and work with in the game. So <clears throat> overall, agree with you guys on that. I think that it does have an effect. And I am still very interested, Chantel, to know how many people um, actually watch the show not live because we've got international 
audiences now that are watching it. I mean, we've got someone here from Holland in the live stream today that are watching us right now. So we've got people from all around the world that's become an international show, not just the US show anymore. Are we putting too much emphasis on the ratings at the live and when it's playing? And should we look at the downloads or the um, the views afterwards um, when it's not showing live, for instance? Uh, you know, because clearly the show must still be making some money to be around. Drew, you you go. You you're the one who did the research, I guess, into this. Well, the 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 worry is that everything starts with ratings because when it's live, that's when the advertisements are there and that's where the sponsorships are there. So people who don't watch it live and will watch it a couple of days later, I think that's fine. I've done that before for many shows and it's it's totally okay. Uh, but when you have somebody when you have people watching it a couple of days later, they're going to start going through all the commercials, they'll watch it somewhere else that doesn't show commercials. If anything, put it on Paramount Plus so you can stream it the next day. So people who want to have that subscription have that ability to because you do it with Survivor, you do it for Big Brother. Why don't you do it for the challenge? It makes no sense whatsoever. But it's 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 those advertisements. And that's what's going to make the money to make them have explosions and all these helicopters and all this other stuff. Because if they don't get the money, then that's not what they're going to do. And maybe people are saying they don't want that as much. So, But also in that same breath, when you're not watching it on a consistent basis or appointment basis, there's times where people just forget and then five months go by. Then they're just like, I'll just watch it whenever like the rest of the season is done. And then you get into that like avalanche or a snowball effect of like, oh, well, I'm just not going to watch it. I'll get to it when I get to it. And that's where the whole like not being able to grip the audience comes in. And if they miss this season, what does that mean for the next next season? Oh, I didn't even finish uh spies lies and allies i can't even say the name fully like i don't even want to get into the next <laughs> season so yeah uh i think it, i think it's a slippery slope is what i'm trying to get at because i like anomalies but uh yeah <laughs> it, i don't know i don't know it's i think they're overcomplicating it for themselves but i yeah. think that's the i think that's the main problem money talks and it's baseline money and also ratings seeing those nielsen ratings have been like the thing for everybody for tons of years since tv was invented no absolutely and one thing that i've learned that's like covering the challenge is that you know a lot of people from the uk they don't actually get to watch it on air until monday so it airs on wednesday and it airs in the uk on monday so that's like it, they can't even be part of the conversation yet unless they want to be spoiled until it's already not really part of the conversation anymore so you know they're not going to be live with us talking about the episode and getting some buzz around it and looking on instagram and seeing the lives that are going on because it's like oh i don't want to get spoiled yet let me wait till monday until i watch the episode so i don't know what it's like in other countries of the other you know contestants on the show but i'm sure it's going to be at least similar that they're not getting it the next day or unless they're finding it on a streaming service that is not going to be making any money for the network so i 100 agree that like why can't you put it on a site that's a available worldwide if you're going to have worldwide contestants like it just can it i can i add into any that? sense to me go ahead i need to jump in that's the only international person <laughs> well i guess you're international as well chantelle but it shows in canada right so it's it's in canada and in the u.s as someone that's situated in new zealand watching the show i can watch the show within one to two hours after it showed live by using a vpn and jumping onto the mtv.canada website 
and also seeing the ads. So I'm supporting the show in a legal way um, where I still see the ads. I still contribute to the revenue for the show. Um, so, you know, ExpressVPN or NordVPN, if any of you guys are listening to this or hearing this or tweet at them, <laughs> we should probably tweet at them. Just sponsor this <laughs> podcast. We'll happily link, continue to though, tell people actually. how to do this. If somebody you, wants link? to watch the U.S. live feeds, um, like you would be watching commercials and stuff like that. So it'd be all like the television streams. I would ha I do mm. have the East Coast version of pretty much every US network. So I do have that if I want to, I could share that with other people and they do have options to pay for stuff. So I don't think, I think that it's a paid thing in the end, but like CBS is free, um, MTV is free, uh, NBC, all the, all the regular ones are free. It's kind of like HBO, you'd have to pay additional money. And so I think that they must have some sort of agreement because it's not shut down. And so mm. that, that is something that I could help if anybody, you know, finds me on Instagram, I can share that link with them. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I mean, we, we want to support the show and have it there for many years. So I think any way you can watch it legally does help. And um, yeah, it's interesting. I think that times has changed quite a lot where a lot of people just don't consume things live anymore and they watch it at their own time. They might have more than one show that they want to watch at the same time or work's keeping them busy. Like our way of consuming media has changed, you know, since the online streaming services came on board and I think it has reflected into ratings for a lot of shows and I'm hoping that that is one of the reasons that the live ratings aren't as high and that it's still pretty solid there must be a reason that they're consistently grabbing international players and bringing them back because if it didn't work for them the first couple of times they did it I'm sure they would have stopped it by now but they're continuing to do that I don't know what the next season would be like but I do agree we need to see players come back consistently for us to find our next favorites that we can watch their arc and see them grow and and and, and sort of stay with them for a while and I feel like some of the players that they've consistently brought back which we've given them too much attention on this podcast already I'm not going to go back into it but they just bring back some of the people that I feel like people just don't gravitate towards and don't enjoy to be begin with so not a good choice in that regard but I do want to go into you know we lose Fessy here he's taken out of the game talking about one of those people that a lot of people don't like uh, or like to dislike you know who's the biggest winner with Fessy being taken out of the game at this stage um, on the show I've had a lot of people here on the live say that Kyle is the biggest winner some people have said CT is the biggest winner I don't think CT it doesn't matter CT would beat anyone but you know who is the biggest winner I guess outside of CT who doesn't really for, to him, it doesn't matter who goes home, I don't think. Um, biggest winner as in the, the who's most likely to win like a daily? Is that what you mean? Yeah, I guess so politically, who does this benefit the most and also physically and in a challenge capacity? Like who do we think gains the most from losing? If I had to go first oh, okay. while I give you guys an opportunity to think about it, I think one of the biggest winners from Fessy being out of the game at this point is Nelson because I do think that Nelson and Fessy, there was this... Um, thing against them and between them uh, that was at some point it was going to surface. It was under the it was under the surface, um, but they were going to have to come for each other at some point. And I know Fessy said that he wasn't going to come to Nelson. He wanted to prove his loyalty to Nelson, but I do think that at some point, you know, Fessy is a man who looks after himself. I mean, if you can betray your best mate and you can you can send somebody down there that that your best friend said you shouldn't send down there. You know, Nelson is not his best friend. So, I mean, he at some point could have turned against Nelson again. Um, I think the dirty work has been done for him. And I was quite surprised when Nelson afterwards went and said, like, listen, should we just throw Josh in now? We're we just going to let him get away with this. Almost like he's upset for Fessy. It's very bizarre, but um, I, I don't know if he was just sort of playing up to it or just looking at throwing someone under the bus at that point. So it just doesn't politically come on to him. But I think 
you know, Nelson is probably one of those people. Nelson doesn't have to go in a whole brawl against Fessy again this season because I think Nelson can beat most people, but not Fessy. So if you're looking, so who has the best advantage of them uh, since Fessy's gone home? I definitely think the people that were so excited by this fight. So, yeah. you know, the fact that Corey was like, yeah, let's get it. Like Nelson, like, oh, fight, fight. Let, let me go grab, you know, Josh and bring him, make this thing happen and balloon up. I think that the people that were instigating were the people that had the most to gain. And so definitely Corey, uh, Nelson, and even I think like, Tori for some weird reason like she was really invested in getting involved in this but I think that with having all this big all this animosity and all that stuff people stopped looking at her like she's not well she was hoping this anyways but like I think that it didn't make her look good in the end but um I think that those three must have the most to gain and that's why they were pushing so hard for something to happen Christina says that it's the viewers we're the biggest winners <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll argue all of you I'll argue about all the players that you just said benefited from Fessy leaving. I think Nelson it gets hurt the worst because that's his storyline. Everybody that's came true. into this game trying to see him get revenge on Fessy. Fessy leaves because of being physical with Josh and now Nelson is I don't know, he's up in the air. We're not already we're already not seeing him in the edit. And I think he is trying to put Josh under the bus because we do see like I think that the vets at this point, especially Devin, are taking notes on everything that's happening in the game. And if any vet does a transgression, they're going to write it down. And that's going to be put on the hierarchy for when all the rookies are gone. That's who we're going to go after first. So Kyle's on that list. I would say Tori and Corey are on that list now because they were instigating. I mean, they were brought up so much that they had to apologize in the deliberation. Apologize to <laughs> Devin. Because Devin doesn't like them instigating the biggest instigator yeah. out of the whole challenge. Like, if it's me doing it, it's fine. But if it's against my friend or against me, no, you have to apologize. It's like, where, what world are we living in? And yeah. I think that's why Nelson was like, oh, Josh should be thrown in too. Because, hey, that's one other person under me that stays up higher. I would say all the guys benefit from this. And I would even speculate to say Casey is the one that benefits the most. She doesn't have to babysit Fessy. She doesn't have to talk about uh, Fessy's uh, decisions or behaviors to anybody. She doesn't have to be uh, uh, having a leash to him because it's not like he, she has to babysit Josh and Fessy. This is not going to happen again. Their fight's not going to happen again to where she has to get involved again. She can now just like go hang out with Nani take a deep breath and just play her own game. There is really no big brother alliance. Like they'll play together and they'll work together, but Josh and go have Devin as his number one. Nani is going to be Casey's number one, no matter what. I don't even care if Josh is in the game or not. Like that's going to be hers. So I think Casey doesn't even have to worry about being picked by Fessy at the end to run the finals and then be constantly being like, <laughs> hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. You got to run, run on these rocks. It's like, no, Casey can just chill out now. So I think Casey's the biggest winner. I have two, two comments, though. I do think, though, with the fact that Bessie's gone and that drama's gone, that maybe Corey and Nelson will get some more screen time. And sure. everybody might have a better opportunity of winning. <laughs> Don't kill me. I might have an opportunity of winning, you know, one of these dailies. So I think they yeah. just, like, they freed up. They, they're not going to have to take that shot themselves. They're not going to be the first ones that have to, like, turn on and, like, if they get any sort of power and they, they have to take out Bessie. Like, they know they have to get rid of him so it's like kind of like all right 
it's easy now. He's out of here. We get more screen time. We can start planning this game a little bit better because like we don't have these people dominating all the challenges mm -hmm. as well as TV time. So I agree that with you. I'm yeah. that as well. And, and I think um, I think Love by You again uh, just always agrees. I always agree with Love by You. I don't know why, but we're just in sync, you know. And she's saying that Devin <laughs> is, is that a really you? big winner. Are you like a and... Love by You like on another chat? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we just have like me and Love by You. You know, we're having like our own conversation, and then you two are having your own conversation here in the podcast. <laughs> but you know, uh, she she brought up here that uh, Devin probably because Devin's value goes up, and I do agree that you know Devin wanting to work very closely with Josh not having josh's best friend in the game is a very good thing mm -hmm. for devon where now yep. he does become the best friend the challenge best friend to josh and he probably becomes more valuable to that side of the house as well i i really like devon's position in this game because he's gotten himself in a position where he really truly is in the middle of these two veteran alliances the two different factions and i think that that's going to really play um into him doing potentially really well in the game but I guess we've got to go back to CT here, guys. Like, why is CT still in the game? Like, uh, you know, if he gets this deep into the game, are we looking at a back-to-back -back champion here? Like, do we get back-to-back -back vibes from CT? Because, I mean, this looks like a, a carbon copy of what he did last season, just being below the radar, not getting targeted. And, you know, if you don't get him out early in the game, you really, really run a risk because we, we're bound to see a purge happening pretty soon and we probably will lose like a bunch of people at some stage in the game, you know, because they their schedule was behind because they had the COVID thing. They had to stop. They had to come back. They had a certain amount of time that they had to be out there. You know, logically, when you think about this, the, I don't think that they prolonged the, the time that they were going to shoot the show. And I think it's still the same time period. So how are they going to get rid of a whole bunch of people at the same time? I feel like there could potentially be a purge at some point that comes in. And before we know it, if CT survives that, he might be in a very strong position towards the end of the game where they only have one or two shots to take him out. And before you know it, CT's in the final and CT does what he does best, you know, winning finals. I'm here for it. Now, I'm wondering if he does win back-to-back -back because... If I'm not mistaken, I haven't seen him on the aftermath yet. And I'm I'm curious mm. if it's because, you know, he might have a little smile on his face, like talking about it because he's won the mm. game. It's easier to talk about the entire show when you don't win. So I don't know, just putting the, my tinfoil hat on there as and speculating that I he might be one of the only people that have not been on the aftermath. And so maybe it's because he's a winner again. I think. I think the thing with CT is that you don't, he's so well-rounded that you have to take shots early and often. Like you can't be worried. You have to have numbers on your side and you just have to be strong with them to be like, we got to send him in because even if it's physical, he's gotten in better physical shape. If it's a puzzle, he's most likely going to win. I mean, Jay got lucky in that, that total mm. madness where CT was kind of out of breath and he th thought he had it in the bag. He got overconfident and lost it. I mean, that's what you're going to have to do. But what was interesting to me when I was watching it is that he's in a vet alliance already. So that's he's not going to be gunned after by that front with every vet in the house. And then it seems like when Emmy was signing her name in the hot sauce, that wasn't like her signing into a vet alliance. I think that's signing into a subcategory of an alliance because there were Kyle, Devin, Tori, and I believe Ed was in the, the room as well. Yeah. So, I mean, if you have that six people, if you can keep your numbers tight and then all of a sudden you're six strong in a 12 
team game, you're looking pretty good. Like you can do whatever you want. So I wonder if that's, that was a tipping of the hat of a different alliance to where now CT's in two alliances. That's not going to gun after him, even though Devin is sitting there going like, Josh, you and me should be in the finals together because we we could win against each other. But if you're aligned with CT, how are you going to – you said you didn't want to go up against them. Like, what is your plan here? You lost Bessie. You lost Kells. You can throw Ed in against CT? I don't know what's going on. Like, what what's going to happen here? And also, you've got to think about it this way. None of the females, none of the girls out there want to vote CT in. Everybody wants to be CT's partner going into the final, right? So half of the cast is not going to go against them necessarily here, um, unless it's maybe a Casey who will do it for Josh or there's some real friendships involved here. I feel like most people will want to work with CT come the end because they just want to win a championship no matter how they win it. I mean, you know, CT didn't carry Amber. Amber did really well in that previous one, but definitely it helped Amber a lot being partnered with CT going into that final. Um, he's got the experience. He was good at the puzzle. She was good at the stamina and the running side of it. Who who are we getting vibes from as a, a new or an old veteran female player that potentially could be someone that wins the season? Because to me, my spidey senses are going off around CT at the moment. I am starting to feel very strong that CT could go to the end here because they haven't taken him out yet and i mean you've got to go for experience i feel like with the the women that are left in the game at the moment it's a little bit harder but someone that probably should be looked at as an ashley who still hasn't been taken out has also got the experience of going to a final and winning and potentially could still trade her partner in i don't think she's going to run a final with josh to take someone <laughs> like a ct going into the final um and She's also seems to have a lot of political sway. And we've mentioned it here on the podcast before that um, she normally, if she goes early, she's out. But if she does make it past the halfway point in a game, she normally goes all the way to actually go and win it or at least make a final. Um, what do we think here? Who, who are the, the, the females left in the game at this point that you're getting very strong winner vibes from? I feel like it's a little bit of a tougher call. I don't know if I'm getting winner vibes from anybody, but I'm wondering with that um, Sriracha Pact, if um, Tori might be willing to let go of Ed when we get near the end and snag CT. And I could see her winning with CT. I do think that, you know, she she worked pretty well with, with Jordan. And Jordan would be someone that told her what to do and tells her how to win and how to be good. And I think that if she was if she's working well with CT, it might be <laughs> like, hey, let me go with CT at the, the the 11th hour here and let me try to snag this win. So I'm not really getting that vibe from her, but the fact that they're in an alliance together and, um, you know, hearing that she, she was making advances with uh, Ed and he wasn't really reciprocating them because he had a, a girlfriend, maybe there's a falling out between them or maybe he gets taken out by you know, another, uh, another person, um, like the, the agency and he gets taken out. So she has no partner and she gets started up with, with CT or something like it could, something could happen. Anyways, I'm going to say right now that Tori is going to run the final with CT. I'm just going to throw it out there. Don't anger Drew here on the podcast. We don't want that, okay? But um, the first question here that we want to go into, guys, one of the questions here from the live is, which one of the vet males and females do we think will be up for eliminations first as soon as all of the rookies are picked off? And I know 
it's hard to be put on the spot and really think about the social dynamics. So I'm okay with being 80% wrong on these podcasts. It happened to me all season long in Survivor South Africa and uh, Australian Survivor. So I'll continue to be wrong here. I don't have a problem with that. So I'll go into it first while you guys have a little bit of an opportunity to think about the dynamics in the game at this point. I do think, and, and I'm going to go against what um, Chantal has said here, and I think Tori is going to be one of the first vet females that are going to get targeted because of the fact that she's starting to ruffle some feathers. People are noticing her. I think that it's either going to be her or Casey taking a shot at each other, but I do think Casey is not going to forget what... Actually, no. Oh, because Amber because Amber is a vet, you know, just yeah, by one season. We don't need to count Amber. Amber yeah, like, a, a, if, a, we don't, if we don't count DC. Amber... If we don't count Amber as a vet, then I'd say Tori for me as, as, as someone that's probably going to get targeted sooner rather than later. But if we do count Amber as a vet, she's just got too many daggers out already. And the story is telling us that a lot of people are not happy with her. Then I have to say Amber probably as a female would be the first person to go. And now as a vet guy at this point, um, you've got CT, Nelson and Corey and Devin. I feel like that would work together unless Corey and Nelson did the right thing strategically and actually went after CT. I don't know if they will do that and if they've got the strategical mindset to do that at this point. Um, I do think Josh is kind of in a little bit win. of danger. They don't have Sorry. the partners to win. Like, I don't know. I mean, yes. Priscilla, we haven't really seen what she's what she's capable of. But Priscilla and Nelson haven't really been shown to do anything. And, and we know that Bettina and Corey haven't been able to do anything. So I just don't see them having the power to be able to, to do make these big moves. And so, yeah, that's kind of why I think that, like, I could I could see CT and, and Emmy uh, winning something. And it, mm. he's not going to be throwing in um, in Tory. And if the house throws in Tory, CT would throw in somebody that she could beat. So, uh, I don't know. I, I'm still just going to stand by it. Like, I don't really like Tory that much. And, like, I don't even want her to be at the finale. But... Uh, I like I like having something kind of polarizing to discuss. <laughs> yeah, while, while while we're talking about the whole cast, we might as well look at our teams at the same time here. Um, and and you you're right, they probably won't win anything here. I just don't know if if, if both Nelson and and Corey is even seen as a threat to win the final. To be honest, um, and with their partners that they've got at the moment, I don't know if they will throw them in there or not. Um. It, it's a tough one. I don't know with the guys who would go. I know that Devin and Josh has been pretty close. That's been strong. Nelson and, and, and Corey hasn't had much of an edit this season. It's a tough one. I don't know. I mean, th take a guess, roll of a dice. You know, I would say Josh, maybe, is someone that's in danger without Fessy. Drew, what do you think? Um, Out of yeah. the women, I would say Amber because she's been thrown in before. And Big T, they've set up that she is not. She, that's true. She's not, not well in in the group. Where was she and this episode? Uh, nowhere to be seen. <laughs> Just like 50% of the cast. I mean, it's been the Big Brother people for a long, long time. I think, I think also it depends on who's being sent into the elimination as well. Because if it's somebody who has a lot of friends, they're going to want to try to keep them and give them the best opportunity to stay. So if they throw in like a big T who they think maybe could be someone that could be easily beat, um, for the guys, I would have to say that, um, gosh, I don't even remember the guys that are on this season. By George, I think actually Kyle would be the, the number one. I think we did oh, wow. see him getting dressed up to go into elimination at some point, and that whole thing with the sabotage was so overblown, but everybody mm. was like all on it. So I think at the first chance, they're going to throw him in. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, it's I can I can easily see that happening. I think it is anybody's guess at this point. Um, who's been the standout rookies for you guys so far this season? For me, um, if I had to go to a rookie and the and the males, I would have to go for my number two guy pick, Emmanuel, who I think has been playing a really strong and solid game. Uh, they've won the dailies now twice, I believe, at this point with uh, Casey. Uh, I do get. Um, finalist vibes from Emmanuel. I feel like he's going to go deep in this game. I don't know if he'll win it, um, but I do think he's a strong competitor. He's good with the physical stuff. He seems pretty uh, switched on mentally. Um, Ed, like just from a sheer fact, I feel like I've got the two best guy rookies here. Ed, I just love as a character, um, but I don't, and I think he'll come back many a seasons in the future, but I feel like Emmanuel is the dark horse here for the guys. If I look at the females and who's left in the game, obviously I, I have to remove Esther from my team. She's no longer in there and I have to remove Fessy there from Chantel's team, no longer in Chantel's team. If I had to look at the females that are still left in the game, the rookies, um, it's a toss up between Emmy and Berna, but I will go, on, on, on Emmy at this stage, just because of the fact that she's proven to go down there and get it done within the lair. She's doing a really good job. Who are you guys sort of most impressed with, with the rookies uh, that are left in the game? And who do you think could go pretty deep here? Well, I already talked about Emmy. Um, I think that they're kind of creating a storyline for her, unless this is the top of it. And then she's going to, she's going to go out next. Yeah. This is like her, her climax here. And like, this is like the, you know, her best episode. And then like, it's just going to go downhill unless that's what they're setting us for up for. Um, I could see her going quite far. I don't know if I can see her running the final. I just don't think that any of the other women that are playing on this season are going to allow her to go to the end with CT. Like I just, I just can't see that happening. Um, but I do think that, yes, I agree with you. The fact that she's gone down two times and she's come out victorious in things that are completely different, like different type of challenges. Um, it shows that she's pretty adaptable. She's willing to learn. She's, she's able to switch it on and come out victorious. Um, and she has a big personality and, and I'm enjoying watching her. And so I feel like with the fact that they've highlighted her so much that she's probably a favorite of the producers and casting mm. in general. Um, so I think that she's going to come back for future seasons. And I love the fact that her and Emmanuel are such good friends and we can see him in this episode, how, why he, I believe he's a winner of survivor. He was final two, one of the two. And you know, that him convincing her like, Hey, this is the best opportunity for you to go down here right now. So you can come back and pick your partner. So you can save both of us from going into the lair, like pretty soon. Like, you have to do this. You have to go down. Like, so the fact that he convinced her to do that, even though she was thinking about it, she was hesitant. And I think that it was with his sway allowed her to go in and make that decision, which was ultimately better for his game too. So I would say Emmanuel and Emmy would be the standouts of the season. They're doing the most that is not in a way that annoys me at all. Like, you know, we've got Emmanuel having a little bit of a relationship with people, a little love story, but he's also really great at challenges. He seems to be good at strategy. He has a good connection with Emmy and then Emmy has the connection with CT. So I would say that they're doing the best with making some inroads with these vets here. And I would love to see them both go very far. And, and that storyline of Emmanuel and Tori, we haven't seen the conclusion to that yet. It hasn't come back yet, which tells me Emmanuel still has some legs within the show. Um, I still want to see what's going to happen there, if it's actually going to happen on screen or if it's something that's happening after the season. But I mean, why show it within this show if it isn't going to, um, you know, sort of amass to something within the show, I guess. I would 
for my rookie standouts, I would definitely say Ed has impressed me coming in late into the game. And he seems to have integrated pretty well into the game. I mean, he's in this alliance. Yeah. It seems like he's in this alliance with CT Devin. And we even see him seeing seen in the deliberation where he's like, I think we should vote in Esther. Like he started that. And then Devin was like, I, I concur with my uh, pal Ed here. So it's very interesting to see how the dynamic he's been able to wield in this game uh, for short, for such a short time, especially with the rookies having such a big target on their back. Logan, I think is really, really strong. I hate that there's been so many people who have been kept quiet. Uh, he had a great outing with Gabo. And I just think that he's going to, once we start seeing more of the cast, now that this big brother, uh, this big brother, brouhaha is done like i think uh logan could be good i'm gonna i'm gonna pivot because we talked about emmy so much i'm gonna pivot over to priscilla um i loved her on love island i think she's slowly <laughs> getting more camera time and like chris said mm. she is narrating like we hear her in the preview for next episode saying well the alliance the bed alliance is still strong so we're getting the little tidbits and of, uh, exposition and everything through her when we could easily get it from anybody else, maybe even a vet. And we're getting more and more of Priscilla as the time goes on. And I'm hoping we can see more of her uh, before she's sent into an elimination and possibly gone. I mean, it seems like everything is whittling down and her and Bettina are the only two that haven't seen an elimination just yet. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of nervous. I want to see more of her, but I don't want to see too much of her. And then all of a sudden that episode, she's gone. And I'm like, no, we're going to have more. Now, you mentioned Ed there, and Ed obviously is from The Circle. You know, who do we want to see on the show next from The Circle? And why is it Chloe? <laughs> do you guys not watch The Circle that much? I, I reckon she would be such a mess. She would be such a mess on the show. It'd be really funny. But um, I, like, I wonder if there's a few more people that the producers look at now because Ed's been so so successful in making that transition over to the show. And um, one of the other things as well, it was a little bit of a throwaway question, so you guys don't have to answer it. Um, the other thing here that was quite interesting as well is that Ed is going to be boxing Mr. Califuri. Um, and a celebrity boxing match. So um, yep. I think there's going to be a lot of people wanting to see Ed uh, be victorious in that fight um, here during the off-season as well. Now, guys, is there anything that we didn't discuss off this episode? I feel like we did get into quite a lot for a 40-minute episode. Um, and we probably touched I was like, oh, that's it. We're done. We got everything. <laughs> I, was I, will, I, I will throw out there, if we ever do a Bloodlines 2, we could bring in Mitch from the circle as well. So that's Ed exactly Mitch, what I was going to say. A strong pairing. <laughs> I do watch... Mouth. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I didn't watch the new three episodes of the U.S. Circle yet, but uh, I'm a I huge K fan, them. so uh, definitely fan. would Message love. Message me after you watch them. It's uh, definitely a great group of episodes. I mean, even if they aren't exes, let's have Calvin and uh, K on the challenge as a <laughs> pairing. I just want to see more of them on my TV. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. Agreed. For for bloodlines, for bloodlines, I know people are going to hate me because as soon as you bring this person up, it's really 50-50. I would love to see the Califiori brothers on a bloodline season. I, I want to see Cody come in. I want to see Cody yes. come in and play this game because I think Cody could do really well. Like, Cody is not his brother, Goodbye. but he might get dragged, dragged down with it. <laughs> yes, it's done. Nobody's ever going to want to talk to me about the challenge ever again. <laughs> I've like, figured it out. I can't stand either of them. Like, oh, really? I, 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 they're the worst. 
Oh my goodness. Okay, I'm on my own. I'm on my own here on this one. But I would I would be here for it. I'd be like the one person each week tuning in to see Cody play the challenge, which I, I've heard a few times um because I do I do follow his stuff as well. Like uh, Cody is very different to Paulie in any case. Like if you if you sort of follow their stuff and how they sort of interact and, and who they are as people, it's actually quite funny seeing them talk sometimes <laughs> online. But Cody has said he would never play the challenge. He's been asked to play the challenge before, but he would never do it unless Paulie is there as well. So um it would be perfect for a bloodline season and he is a champion a big brother champion but i guess you know there's a lot of big brother hate out there at the moment when it comes to the challenge realm we don't need to put that out there in the universe but just throwing it out there um guys it's been great having everybody here in the live stream today and i think we've had a lot of fun talking about this latest episode of the challenge looking forward to catching up with all of you guys again next week at the same time 8 p.m eastern standard time to talk about the next episode of the challenge i do want to go around the table here because i do know uh, all of you guys have got a lot going on in your own own channels or your other channels as well drew what's happening over on the angel cake channel and what have you been up to uh i'm going to be putting out the the newest video is going to be the survivor season 41 episode one review and recap that i'm doing i'm doing something completely different i'm not going to be a talking head uh i am going to be doing something different with that so if you want to check it out and see what i am going to produce and why it takes multiple days <laughs> to do it instead of just the next day like everybody else does uh, tune in for that. Uh, I'm still working on the Kara Evolution video. It's taking a long time, a very long time. I'm in the middle of doing a West documentary and a few other documentaries that I'm uh, also putting out there. Uh, one for DM in November. I'm really looking forward to that one as well, as, as well as newer videos, possibly in a different form that's not on Angel Cake that I'm excited about, but it adds more and more to the plate that it just makes me like uh, hyperventilate every like two hours and then I have to calm myself down and then I'm right back ready to go after I have a cookie and ready to edit more videos. Chantal, you've got a lot going on at the moment. You're covering pretty much everything reality TV that's happening at the moment. Um, what are you not covering? I don't know what I'm not covering because I feel like I'm I'm watching. Sometimes I'm watching things and then I'm like, oh, I should write that down. And I'm like, oh, wait, no, I don't have to watch, write that down. I get to just watch this. So I'm actually excited that there's going to be shows that I'm not covering, like Vanderpump Rules is coming back soon and Summer House. So those are shows that I won't be covering, I don't think, unless someone really begs me to. Um, but next week is going to be a pretty busy week. So Monday, I think I'm doing something with Nerdtainment. Tuesday, I'll be doing Nerdtainment and Rob as a podcast for their final um roundtable for big brother wednesday my channel like from basically 6 p.m till like midnight eastern will be live watching something or talking about something thursday we'll be doing the finale with entertainment of the circle friday rhap in the afternoon for the circle and friday night here back with you guys wow uh yeah i'm not alone I do a lot <laughs> but you know <laughs> I'm happy I, I don't have your schedule. You'll know. I will throw it out there that if you do have a Vanderpump conversation, I am available. So I'm just throwing <laughs> that out there. I mean, I want to. I need somebody that would want to be permanent. So if you would want to like, be permanent, <laughs> I would do Vanderpump Rules with you. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So I guess keep keep an eye on Reality Pop. We're doing so much here on the channel at the moment. We are covering Survivor 41, the challenge, um, obviously as well. And there's a whole bunch of Survivor Worldwide international off-season content sort of hitting um, the Reality Pop channel at the moment. I just did a uh, an interview with Anella from uh, Survivor South Africa last night which is available on the channel as well now. It was such a great conversation. We uh, made some very bold predictions for uh, a rugby game tonight, which a lot of you people wouldn't really follow, but
but I think that would be really fun to see if we uh, were right or wrong in our predictions. Uh, we also have Chappies on pretty soon. I'll be talking to him today. Uh, he was my favorite player from this last season, so really looking forward to that exit interview. And we're doing a retrospective on the whole Survivor South Africa uh, tomorrow or late evening, depending on where you're at. <laughs> so keep an eye out for that. There's a lot happening on this channel as well. Please be sure to subscribe, hit the like button, tell us what you liked about this specific recap. Um, if you feel like there's anything we didn't cover, uh, throw it in there in the comments. We do respond to everything um, when you put it on there, or we do have at least have a look at it. Sometimes we can't respond to everything, but we do have a look at it for sure. Um, and it's been great talking to everybody, and we'll do this again next time. Thanks, guys. Bye.